Play the fight song. Hey, everybody. Welcome back and welcome into the actual first episode of the Play the Fight Song podcast. Uh, the boys from It's Just Money all still here. We have rebranded, reset, and absolutely retooled everything we're doing here. Social media uh, topics, exactly what we're talking on. We're not doing the gambling thing as much now. We're still going to talk about it because we love it. We enjoy it. But I want to talk to everybody here. We got Schaefer, Parks, and Reese all still part of the crew. Reese, let's go to you over there. I see you had a little bit of mic trouble earlier, but we figured it out. Hey, guys. How are you doing? What's up, Reese? Nice. Uh, we're we're coming football. that one hot. Yeah. Well, I wasn't sure what you just said. We're going to go to Reese. Like, what do you want me to talk about, man? You just said we're going to me. Reese, are you ready? Hey, to I just want you to football. be yourself. Now we're stretching. I am now being myself. I'm, I'm curious what you guys are up to. How you doing? I haven't talked to you guys. We haven't had a group gathering this in a long time. I miss the shit of you all. Love you. Excited. It's well, it's the time of year, man. I'm giddy. I know exactly what Parks has been doing. It's been chasing Phil Steele wherever he can find the damn thing. He's gone all over the 402 and in search of one magazine. That is true. There's like one Barnes & Noble left in Omaha, and I'm 95% sure he's exclusive with Barnes & Noble. So basically, it was driving to the same Barnes & Noble four times. Fourth time the charm. Uh, they started picking him up on the security cameras like, here comes this damn kid again. Looking for the same magazine. Dude, the first time I went there, they had one on hold. They said they don't hold magazines, and I could see one with a sticky note on it behind the counter. And I go, well, what's that one? <laughs> she goes, oh, well, that one's on hold for an employee. I mean, oh, questionable morals. Out of them? Yeah, that's tough. How about that's you go a, look in the mirror right there, ma'am? Sounds like a bunch of bullshit. A little fair. It's nepotism as possible in that situation. Schaefer, you're over there. You got the two screen monitors you already were bragging about earlier. But the mic mishap already. Yeah, swung and missed on the mic. Uh, we'll have one prepared for next week. So bear with me here as as I'm trying to talk our way through this one. But uh, oh, yeah. excited to be back with you guys. I'm I'm really thinking that the the mood of my week-to-week episodes are going to be pretty even keel this time because hopefully <laughs> you don't ask me how my betting weekend went. We're yeah, kind of switching we might, it up. We, we might still mention it just to fire you up. But, um, I'm not going to lie to you guys and give you a bunch of losers this time, but who knows? I'm excited for football. Talk to football. Oh, my goodness. I had a first like itch like last week. It was like, waiting on something for Saturday, and it's just a couple baseball games because there's – not really any NBA on. There's the NFL talk. That's the same four topics on every ESPN channel. And I just I needed something else in my life. The TikTok started coming up talking about fall. I was all in. Um, actually, but yeah, as you can see, and as we were talking about, we completely rebranded. We've reset everything. Uh, we're going to be doing different stuff on social medias. I'm I'm sure you've seen Schaefer's work on Instagram and TikTok. Uh, completely redone logo. Uh, shout out to Parks for dealing with our nitpicky nonsense for like I don't know ten hours. Our marketing straight. team. Yeah, the it. guy knows what he's doing, though. <laughs> it worked out well. It looks great. Uh, if you haven't already started following us on social media platforms, we're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Give those a follow. We got sweet content dropping. Uh, looking to be a little more interactive with um, the college football space and the podcasting space on all of those. Not on threads yet, though. We're not on threads. I don't know if you guys are on oh, threads. I don't, we're not jumping on that ship. No, I don't even know how to use it, to be honest with you. Why are we so against it right there? There could be a whole new interaction of fan bases right there. It's 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 supposed to be like Twitter 2.0 is like the whole concept of it. I have no idea. But looking at how we decided to restructure this whole thing, how we're going to go about business. So we went from it's just money, which was based on the idea of betting 
and we wanted to jump more into college football, do a little more talk in college football as a sport, as a whole, because we've talked that ton of college football. I mean, we said we were going to do NFL picks and it just like got thrown in the last 30 seconds. We're like, well, what do we really enjoy? Like, what do we do? Well, we watch the games on Saturdays and Thursdays and Wednesdays and Fridays because we love action as well. Um, but so we're resetting this, but we're going to do everything. We'll still talk to gambling. If Schaefer likes something, he'll talk about it you know, towards the end and whatnot. But we really wanted to just hone in on the sport as a whole and just do it from a perspective of four guys in their 20s who are passionate about it and about as enthralled and as deep into this stuff as you can get. Um, this is a non-casual podcast is what it's become. I'm starting to think. I mean, we turned Reese into a hardcore college football fan in like six months. It wasn't yeah. even that hard. Yeah. I, I mean, I've adopted my team. I now have I now have the orange as my team. It's it's not going to be a very uh, fun year uh, for, as a part of that fan base. But actually – Actually looking at the schedules each week before like going up in high school and even like the first couple years of college, didn't really care that much. But then living in the house with you guys, seeing it every Saturday, seeing you guys be more passionate about it, like it makes me want to be a part of it. And going to a game last year when they played Purdue was a whole lot of fun. And like every Saturday having something to look forward to kind of pushed you through the week. So, yeah, man, it's a whole lot of fun. I'm mad I didn't get into it sooner, but. Reese's casualness is going to be tested, though, because he's arguably in, like, the worst region of college football. The Northeast is about as bad as you could get for college football. I I I need to get him a team in, like, the Big Ten or, like, the Midwest area so he can, you know, because Iowa fan has to play Nebraska and Iowa State every year, which Parks and Schaefer are fans of. And then there's Reese, who doesn't get shit-talked by anybody because he's – what are we supposed to pick on him about? you got to go find a Rutgers fan to toss hands with or something. You know, play yeah. this year. My best advice to a new college football fan would to not become as passionate as probably we have been in, installed with just because, man, it ruins it's my horrible. week. It ruins my whole week. If they lose, it ruins the rest of my day, the week. It does affect me. So uh, don't get to that point. Don't That's lose what I was gonna your say before sleep on a loss. Is that what you're telling me? Dude, I, yeah. Uh, I need <laughs> like a, at least 35 right minutes after a loss to like recoup before I – don't can speak in. to somebody else. I was going to say, Schaefer, before when he said he's going to say even keel for all the episodes, I feel like he might be, but it's also going to be bullshit because if Iowa State plays like shit, he's going to have – I, gonna be I don't believe that one bit. Yeah, I'm, I don't, not, yeah. I'm not bringing my homeronism to this to this podcast. I'm leaving it at the door. Every time we sign on, uh, we can talk about the game. That. I'm sure I'll have, have my input, but I'll, I'll bring a good attitude if, if the sport is treating me well. If now if there's some <laughs> bullshit about like – if, if life is good for me, then I'm in, guys. If life is good, I'm I'm going to be good. If there's some more conference realignment still talking about in October, then I might be upset and annoyed. But other than that, I'm going to try to. It's be never going to stop. Sounds like, like realignment's not going to stop. It's we'll talk about it later too. We got to update everybody on the new teams and new conferences in this year. Um, but first, we have to go kind of in a darker direction. Uh, recent news have just broken. In Evanston, Illinois, Northwestern football has had some hazing allegations come down from former players. Uh, they are currently <laughs> suspending Pat Fitzgerald for two weeks. I think they're re-looking at that. Um, it's it's not great uh, from what everything I've read. I went and dived into an article or two, and it's it's not great. It doesn't look great for Pat. I don't know how he gets out of this one. I don't know how much you guys have read on it or whatnot. I don't kind of what are your thoughts? Because this is a program I never thought would have these issues. I mean, it's tough. I would say just to – that's the one dude. What are you laughing at? Farsi. 
Dude, come on. <laughs> you guys didn't giggle reading that? The naked it's, butt snap. Did you hear what they called it? The nickname for it? Yeah, I call it the car wash. Oh, yeah. Like that was for one of the things. The, for the guys going in the showers, like that's. I mean, it's tough, like to because it was an outside investigation that started in January, from what I read. And I mean, you have the one whistleblower and the whole. Granted, obviously, the whole team isn't gonna like fess up to it, but I mean, they're also like with how adamant they are that this doesn't happen, and they're pushing back on it, and mm-hmm. like that. I don't know if you guys read the letter that they wrote, like. They made sure of make of letting them know that uh, coach didn't know any part of it. If anything was involved, he didn't know any part of it. Which it's, I mean, if stuff like that is going on, I feel like a coach is going to be somewhat aware of something like that. But if it's mm-hmm. that sketchy of shit, I don't know, man. Like, I feel like you got to. They're trying to pay attention to that if they're doing that that sketchy stuff. Yeah, and that's one of the situations where you kind of have to take everything as an allegation right now because there's going to be a lot of things thrown around on social media. So you kind of have to. Um, look and see what's true, what's false, what the source is. Cause I've seen things where they were talking about Pat Fitzgerald might even be influencing it, like calling and doing stuff like that. And so I'm like, you got to second guess your spots and see where you're getting your information. Again, allegations at this moment, nothing's happened to Pat Fitzgerald other than the suspension, but it is, yeah, it's ugly. And that's not where I thought, I know Schaefer, you were looking at it cause Park sent it in and I hadn't seen it yet. And it was, I was like, what in the world could possibly be going on over there? Well, and another thing too is that this just comes out in in really the, I mean, quote unquote, off season of college football, kind of the dog days of college football, early July. And I heard a good saying one time from somebody was like, you know, you only know like ten or twenty percent of what actually is going on in that locker room compared to the real news mm-hmm. that's being shared. Uh, and the, the in, all, in all seriousness, the tough part about it is like, ta, fa, uh, Pat Fitzgerald is or was regarded as one of the good like one of the good guys of college football coaches you know with with a lot of the shadiness that goes on in college football um you I mean you can name recruiting stuff like the Penn State stuff and all of that goes on you would have never figured it that Pat Fitzgerald would be involved with something like this um I'm not trying to give him the benefit of the doubt but I I'm also kind of not I'm taking it for what it is right now I'm not trying to take every allegation so so serious and yeah, I don't know. Like it is, you know, we're dudes. We j- joke around. It's it's a little weird. Like all the allegations, are, they're a little uncomfortable to read. They're all yeah. very specific, and I I don't know. I'm gonna wait and see what actually comes out of this because yeah, Northwestern as far as an actual come. football program is also just in a terrible spot right now. It's a horrible football team. Yeah, if you're separating your off the field and on the field uh, situations at Northwestern, neither one neither one of them look great. I, straight up and honest, we'll get to. A preview on the Big Ten later episodes, but let's kind of slide into something a little more enjoyable to talk about. Recapping the 2022 season, we're looking at it from afar, from 10,000 feet. I just want, looking back at it, if you guys had to think about how the season went, what you saw where you're, not necessarily about your own team, but the whole landscape, because there was a lot that went on, and we're coming towards the end of the 14 playoff. You had uh, maybe last year's of the Big 12 the way it was, and so what, like, what did you see, like, from... Week zero all the way through the national title. What did you see out of this? Parks, what what was your idea or what did you think about that season as a whole? I thought it was fun. I think uh, having new faces in the mix consistently in the college football playoff rankings was obviously a, a good thing for the sport. 
Tennessee in the mix, Alabama kind of on the lower end of things rather than being the top. Obviously, Georgia kind of just replaced them. Um, but TCU's magical run was fun to follow. Got them a spot. They win a playoff game. So, I mean, honestly, if you're a newfound college football fan like Reese, you probably find enjoyment in a season like that, and you're going to stick around and 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 dabble in college football even more than you did. So I think it was great for the sport. Um, and I think I think the sport's in a really good spot right now to keep yeah. growing. Uh, I, I really don't subscribe to those theories of how it's going to become a developmental league and how yeah. things are going to change. I think it'll always be college football. Yeah, I think that's an incredible point is saying how fast and how much the sport grew. Like it felt like last year was one of the biggest years for growth in college football, looking at numbers, looking at the interaction mm-hmm. things. Um, and it was people from all over. It wasn't just college football fans. Like people were becoming new fans or they're tuning in for a storyline, right? Especially around us. We have Duggan who is from council bluffs area right around all of us. And so people from our region were more entwined with it. Uh, Obviously it's not the whole nation, but the whole nation was watching what he was doing at TCU and watching that new program. The whole nation adopted Max Duggan, which was really cool. I mean, they had that, that big, 15 minute show on him on I think it was the college game day show or the Heisman preview um Mm -hmm. one or the other I I thought that as far as the the playoff the semifinal playoff games you know everybody wants to complain about the championship game and the result but man those semifinal games were literally as good as it gets I don't think you could have pictured it both had over 80 points yeah they were electric they were so much fun to watch and they were both down to the wire they were both legitimate good games and I wrote down notes on this because I go, does it get better than that playoff? Like not necessarily your title game as you're talking about, but your semifinals were perfect. They were, you know, on New Year's Eve, which is besides the point, but they were on a Saturday too, which is a big deal. Yeah. Like I just felt like you got three brands. You had your Michigan, your Ohio state, your Georgia, and then you got your wild card in TCU that everybody kind of adopted. Right. And then, you go to the title game and, you know, it goes from everybody loves TCU to just complain how they never should have been there and they never belonged. They were never good. Well, they were good. They deserve to be there. They want a game to get there. Like you either got to tell me they're bad or like, I don't, I just felt like there was a lot of different opinions coming from a lot of places with no real um, substance behind it. They were just spewing whatever they saw on Twitter. Uh, I know parks, you were a huge component of the G five, um, when Coastal was really good, did you feel kind of like TCU felt like a G5 team in that situation? Like people weren't respecting them. They just kind of liked the idea of them being in it. I think college football fans that already exist have a tough time with new faces. Like they're going to more, they're more likely to second guess a team and a conference that isn't consistently in the college football playoff than they are the big 10 or the sec or even the pac 12 who's always in the mix at the end of the year and has a chance but really the big 12 hasn't shown its face outside of oklahoma since its existence really so i feel like tcu being in a power five conference helped but not being in there consistently any time beforehand made it worse kind of going along with that people want parody in college football that's why a lot of people are in on the 12 team playoff like they think this is going to become a normal thing um but then they bitched when the parody came around and played in a national title and it didn't work out for Cinderella. The shoe no longer fit. So it just didn't make any sense to me. Like either you get what you get out of it and you deal with it. Um, Reese, I know you love the 12 team playoff and exactly we have, this is our last year, the four team playoff you looking at last year's playoff and then next year being 12. Do you think you're going to see more games, um, 
in that first and second round where teams are really close in battle and you get a TCU to maybe sneak through and win two games? Or do you think that's kind of going to go obsolete? I think you're going to have like a lot of, a lot of people want to hate on, you're going to have a couple blowouts or something like that. But a lot of people thought that USC Tulane last year, wasn't going to be much of a game and Tulane ends up coming back and winning by one. Like that's a G five against a Heisman winning quarterback with one of the best coaches in college football. Uh, Mm. So I think you're going to have a lot better games going on. And with that going on too, it's just going to, it's just going to open up the uh, disparity that you're talking about for other schools who maybe don't have a shot at the top four of year, but if they can find a way to go be competitive, get to their, get to their championship uh, game in their conference, lose two games or just lose one game and have a shot just to get hot at the end and start playing, playing good football. That's going to open up the door for, Transfer for transfers, um, new coaching opportunities, guys get new jobs, things like that. And I, I think it's going to be overall better for the mm-hmm. sport. It's easy to say that looking ahead because it's going to bring in more money and all that stuff. And that's what drives college football. But that's just my, that's just how I feel on it so far. I don't know about you guys, yeah. but I, I think going forward, 12 might be a lot, but I get, I get you do that. So you're valuing getting the top four, maybe. 10 or 8, I think maybe might sound a little better, but they're already sticking with the 12. Yeah. Um, Once you go to 12, you're not going back to 8. And you're yeah, not going you're not. To it's, it's you're not going to lose because that's money down the drain. And ultimately, that's what this is about is it's the ability yeah. to make more money for conferences, for ADs, for television networks, things like that. And then I'm not saying, again, I, I don't love the idea of the 12-team playoff. I thought expansion would, would be a decent idea. I wasn't all about it, but I wasn't out on 8. I really thought 8 would be a really good number, but – I'm against it because I think we're losing the view of what college football is. Like Parks talks about how he'll just drive up there by himself to Lincoln for a game on a Saturday because that's what's important, that game on Saturday, right? So if we start looking and worrying about the playoff in September on week two, why we're overlooking 11 more Saturdays these teams play, and we only get 12 of them a year. And I think that's what makes college football so damn special is – that Saturday, that atmosphere, you know, the tradition, you're going up and down Melrose, you're walking across the parking lots at Jack Tricer and Lincoln, and it is electric. It doesn't matter if your team's two and 10 or 10 and two, you know? So I think that's what my whole thing is about. And maybe I'll be wrong. It's very possible that the 12th team is going to be perfect. Um, but who knows? I mean, I really don't know where this will go with that. Uh, quickly, we'll talk about, uh, the conference champions from last year, just to give a refresher to everybody. And then we're going to dive right into um, what's new in 2023, like what rule changes, realignment, things like that. Uh, ACC champion was Clemson. I know uh, there's a man on here who was back in Clemson early in the year and then thought they were awful. I'm looking at you, Schaefer, towards the end of the year. just And they blew it up. I listened back and they blew it up like you said they should. So uh, we'll see. Excited to see what they have to do. Uh, yeah, know, that'll be a fun team to watch. With, offensively, with with Garrett Riley coming in, and it's is Cade Plumnick the real deal? I don't know, mm. but yeah, I think everybody's are going to overlook him. I think everybody's looking already at Florida State and Jordan Travis, oh, yeah. and they're going to overlook Dabo Sweeney, who has been a ten win ten win coach consistently in how many straight seasons? And like oh he goodness. had his yeah. he had his he had his off year last year with three losses, which is the first time in how long? Like the guy proves he can coach. Sure, he lost his uh, coordinator. Um, would be two years ago now, but brings in a new guy with uh, from TCU who is the sought after man. And now you're giving him Cade Klubnik, who as a true freshman looked, you know, tough. But then you also have Will Shipley, who's an mm-hmm. absolute animal. Trying to get the ball, I think people are going to overlook Clemson. 
yeah, think, that'll be a very interesting team. Well, that's a good point, though, with your comparison, Reese, because I don't think it gets talked about enough that we kind of put, you know, Alabama's expectations are always up here, but I don't think we ever talk about people's expectations for Clemson. Like you said, Reese, I mean, they've won 10 games plus over the past decade, and we are treating them like they're this just slightly above average mediocre team in the ACC, you know. I think who, if Alabama yeah, was won, three They legitimately games. won the conference last year. And we're still talking about them as – I mean, a lot of people are referring them to not a playoff team. So just kind of interesting of the standard we hold Clemson to. Yeah, everybody loves Florida State right now, and they are the darlings of the offseason uh, with a good portal class, and they're consistently rising. Uh, in the American, you had Tulane, Michigan in the Big Ten, Kansas State in the Big 12, not your TCU Frogs. They made it to the playoff. Conference USA was UTSA. Mac was Toledo, Mountain West, Fresno State, Pac-12, Utah, and an absolutely thrashing of USC after Caleb Williams uh, had a little bit of a leg injury and wasn't able to move around like the Heisman winner we know. The SEC, Georgia, who eventually won your national title, and the Sun Belt was Troy. And so I think you look across those names and you got your brand names, you got your upsets, you got your pieces that really make college football college football. So just looking back, if you had forgotten about that, that is what that looked like now. New in 2023, uh, the rule changes that have gone on, there's slight stuff um, like your first down rule. Now the clock does not stop on a first down unless it's within uh, the last two minutes of each half. So in the second quarter, your last two minutes, you'll stop on first downs, last two minutes, fourth quarter. That's a big one uh, because we're used to first down. You're able to get up to the ball. They don't set, they set the ball and the clock goes like that's a college football staple, right? Um, I hate that. You don't like the first down? I don't like the clock not stopping after a first down. What I think is, it's such a big part. Your... It's changed so many games in the history of college football, and we're just mm-hmm. eliminating it. Like So many outcomes would have been different since the start of the sport if that rule was now what it is. Yeah, and I, I think what it really affects here is those teams who are a little more pro-style, who like to ground and pound and consistently run the football because you're now losing. Let's say they get three first downs. That might be – 30 seconds, you know, that that clock's still running or maybe even a minute and a half. I'm not sure how long that'll be in between and how that'll add up. That's a lot of time. A minute and a half in college football is a century. That's a long time. Like every, we watch the fast paced offenses. They can get up and down the field in three plays in 13 seconds. So if you lose a minute and a half, I think that's huge. So I understand your point because it is very college football. I don't know about you guys, but just from going to games last year in person, it, the TV timeouts, I, I get what we're trying to do. We're trying to prevent the length of these games. Yeah, but and who, we're never going to take sat away there and been like, wow, timeouts. I can't believe I'm still in this stadium watching this sport. Like, who really thought the games were that long? I definitely, I, I went it. to a few games last year where I was like, this is like the seventh, this is the 700th timeout, I swear. But that's app. not the sport itself. That's the money around it. I get it, but like they're trying to, I know, but they're trying to speed mm-hmm. it up. When the game is happening, you're not thinking about, man, this is taking forever. This is so boring, but they're not going to take away the TV timeouts because no. that's money. You're not going to touch that. So I, I kind of get it, but yeah, just, it, there are game. There were games last year, especially when sitting at home, you're like, man, this, I've yeah. been sitting on here and watching this game for four hours. I saw thing about like the playoff games when we we're watching those and there's added in timeouts now because mm-hmm. you want to get more advertisers in these, those games I felt took a four hours, four and a half hours. And it was just consistently like team would score commercial, come back, kickoff, 
another commercial. It was, yep. it was blasphemy. It took way too much time to get back to football, what people were there to watch. Um, and it just got a little out of hand, but that's a big rule. No consecutive timeouts anymore. If a team is going to kick a field goal, they got two left team can't burn two of them in a row. Um, I think that's, I think it speaks for itself. It's just unnecessarily. And does it really work? Do you take your second timeout? Maybe he thinks you're going to, you know, that whole chess game that coaches were playing with kickers for a while. Yeah. And first and third quarters cannot be extended by an untimed down. So if there's a penalty on the last play of the third or first or third quarter, they will not do an untimed down in that quarter. They will just roll into the next. They're doing everything they can to shorten the game without actually taking away the problem at hand. <laughs> they just want to they want to shorten the actual the actual play. They don't care about the money that they're making on these timeouts. It's hilarious. Yeah, that rule's like a who cares? Like what does that really do? Like what is that really what is it really for? Like how many how many plays like last year that were on time down for the first and third quarter affected the outcome of a game? Like what are we really doing there, guys? Is it really gonna do much for the game? And now I, mean, I don't know that I mean, it kind of adds on to what I thought was another rule is that after three overtimes, you go for two. I mean, that's just another yeah. way they're, they're trying to shorten these games. Like they yeah, that, they uh, wanted- that went real well with Illinois and Penn state, how ugly that damn thing was. Well, I'm surprised that there was not more outcry for how dumb that rule was. Like, it, yeah, I don't, it, it was awful. It, it wasn't fun to watch. Like it was watching like penalty kicks or something and not as cool as kinda, a shootout. Kind of basically what it is now. It is. It's ridiculous. Um, brand new for 2023 as well. We got more realignment. And I don't know if you guys have seen like what's going on with San Diego State and their whole thing with the Mountain West of Pac-12. It's wacky. It's all over the place. But they're in the Mountain West for now. And so we'll worry about the teams that are guaranteed in. Now, we're, we're going to start out with the new teams in the American Athletic. We'll talk to the Big 12 guy here in a second uh, about those new teams. But new teams into the American Athletic Conference, Charlotte, Florida Atlantic, North Texas, Rice, UAB, and UTSA. Now, I think a couple of these are awesome fits to what the American is, a really good G5 conference. I think UTSA, um, UAB will be really good ones. You know, Charlotte's been hit or miss. The other three, FAU, North Texas, Rice, have just – North Texas played for a CUSA title last year, but they weren't a great football team. And so I think some of these fit, but you have to – you lose top dogs this year uh, in the American, and so you had to fill it with somebody. Parks, when you're looking at UTSA or UAB, like these are traditionally really good G5 schools. Do you think they'll become the new cream of the crop in the American with UCF and Houston and Cincinnati being gone? Or do you think they'll maybe stagger a little bit for a couple of years? I think the group of five as a whole took a step back because of conference realignment altogether. Um, I think UTSA is a big player, obviously. UAB can be. FAU made some offseason moves that could make them interesting in that conference. Um, Casey Thompson being one of them, um, just off the top of my head. But then when you lose teams like Cincinnati, Houston, UCF, and even an independent BYU to uh, now a big conference and a Power Five conference, you make it extremely tough for people like me who like to stick up mm-hmm. for the group of five because those big time players that are always in the mix of being a an eight to nine win team and UTSA is now the only one that stands at an eleven win team last year that you can probably make an argument been consistently good. So I think yeah. overall conference realignment just made it tougher on the group of five. Reese, as a guy who's just more getting into uh, being a diehard college football, fan, how, how do you look at this, like this realignment thing, whether that's just your um, G5 or your power five conferences, like if you're looking at it, how do you see it? Do you see it as um, something that's kind of going to ruin the sport or do you think it's necessary evil? 
I mean, kind of going off of what Parks says, I think it makes it harder for the G5s because, like, the Conference USA missing out on all those teams that just went into the American, mm-hmm. like, does winning that conference really mean that much more now? Because those better teams that were there that were consistently there making noise, now they're in a different conference. So, like, does winning that one really mean that much anymore to you? Or is are you going to value a team in the American um, winning that over, you know, yeah, somebody exactly. in the Conference USA? But, like... I it, I can get it where the it's gonna just gonna help out with coaches and players having better opportunities because those players that go to those the power fives who don't get their playing time they like they can now go to those other schools that are in the G five but might be a little more um significant and can get a little more attention and then those guys that are in those uh, G fives that are that have better numbers now they can go to those power fives mm-hmm. and stuff like that I think it helps out in that disparity aspect of it but. It's it's just interesting to see how it all folds out because like I said, I really haven't paid attention. Like when the Big Ten and the Big Big Ten and Big Twelve had their realignment how long ago and now with USC and UCLA coming to the Big Ten, like that like when I look at geographics, I think that's what should make up your conference and make sense. Yeah. But now I'm learning more about it, how money's everything, like why the hell's the West Coast jumping in there and all that all yeah. that jazz, but it 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 is what it is. It's just going to open up for more conversations and what should be changed, what should be, or if they're doing the right thing. Um, and it just gives you something to kind of look forward to year in and year out. Yeah. And your regionality of everything is where a lot of this tradition and these rivalries come from. Like yeah. you look at where Nebraska was in the big 12 and they had Colorado that they saw every year. And I know they're doing some non-con stuff with them now, but you lost something that to the Nebraska fans and Colorado fans was a big deal. I mean, even when they're not playing each other in a certain year, that it's they don't like talking about each other. It's not any love. Um, and then you look uh, else places like Texas and Texas A&M when those split. I know we're talking about little G5 conference, uh, but your Power 5 when and you stopped getting A&M in Texas after Thanksgiving. Like I feel like that was a huge blow and that's not fun for anybody and I think it's it's kind of a necessary evil because it feels like you're not going to stop the money train. If, if the conference wants to change and make more money, they're going to do that. If the school wants to move and make more money, they're going to do that. Um, and so we'll go to the CUSA here. Conference USA has added teams as well. Liberty, who I thought would be a great fit into the American. That's a really good football program uh, in Virginia. New Mexico State, Jackson, Jacksonville State has made it up from the FCS ranks and will play in Conference USA as long or as well as Sam Houston State. These are two very good FCS teams who have now found their way into the FBS level. Now, a question we'll get to in the next segment is, I don't I don't know what's next for the G5, but that is a interesting ads, I think, right there. I think you got three really good programs and New Mexico State. So Conference USA is just trying to stay alive at this point. Uh, great b- baseball conference. Has not been a great football conference for a couple of years now. Um, in the Big 12, we'll go right to Schaefer on this. BYU, Houston, UCF, and Cincinnati are now full-fledged Big 12 members. BYU coming from being an independent, and then the other three coming from the American. Three top programs within the American are now Big 12 schools. Schaefer, as a Big 12 guy, this is the only year you're going to see this conference exactly because Texas and Oklahoma leave next year. What are your thoughts? What are you seeing? Is this the right move to grab these schools, or were there other ones you were hoping they snagged? I mean, I first of all, all 14 teams, I think, being in it will make it for an interesting year. Uh, I don't really know how it's going to shape out. I think there, with the new teams, like you said, it, it, it was kind of – we had no choice, I almost think. Now you can talk about, like, 
what about the Pac-12 and adding those new teams? Well, the deal is, is like that wasn't really an option a year ago when this all kind of went down mm-hmm. or a year and a half ago. Um, as for the Pac-12's mm-hmm. case, we might get into that someday. That's that's their own deal. Um, but I mean, you got four pretty decent brand schools, and you got your TV contract. Those were the two big things to that you needed to get accomplished in order to stay alive uh, as a, as a conference in college football. Um, and the Big 12 is ahead of the Pac-12 in that aspect. Um, putting them probably, I don't know, there's the SEC, the Big Ten, and there's probably number 3A with the ACC and number 3B with the Big 12. So the Big 12 is in good shape as, as far as stability goes. I mean, it'll be fun. It, it, it's not the same as, as it was, but that it's the modern era of college football. you got to take it for what it is. I'm excited for, you know, a former national championship caliber coach and Gus Malzahn uh, to be in, in the conference. I think he's going to – I think UCF will probably – be ending shaping out to be the best yeah. team out of those four down I think the they have the resources and the money and the ability yeah. to actually grow a program and they I think they'll compete soon and you look at Houston I think they're another one of those programs but they're in a weird spot right now it feels like like you're not sure what Houston's going to do in the next year or two or even three years Houston's the team that yeah they're they might thrive um with with the personnel that they have and the recruiting trail that they have in the in the city of Houston but Dana Holgerson has the potential to unleash an absolute dumpster fire. Yeah. Um, and this team could go back to step one uh, starting next year if they really get thrown around in this conference. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how they shape up. Uh, as far as Cincinnati and BYU goes, BYU, as far as recruiting, they're always going to get the same guys. You know, I don't feel as great about Cincinnati. On without trip. Yeah. The old guys. The old guys. And – with Cincinnati, we'll, we'll see how they do this year. Um, I would have felt a lot better about them being with Fickle around. Uh, but honestly, I wanted to say one point about the G5 stuff that I mm-hmm. think is kind of interesting. Um, you're not really going to get your Cincinnati types of a couple of years ago. I think like the the hope of these G5 schools having a chance to contend for playoffs just mm-hmm. won't happen. You, you remember how Cincinnati got in? Yeah. They had that great year. They didn't get in. The, t- the same team came back with Ritter and all the other guys, and they're like, okay, run the table again. They did. Nowadays, how many times would they get that? Like, wouldn't Ritter be gone? Wouldn't Ritter be at Ole Miss? Yeah, I mean, would, you really do think about that now. You're not going to get – go, Somebody's getting happen. You're not going to maintain the same guys to run it back yeah. a second year. So I, I don't know. The hope of G5 schools trying to get back into the playoff, even with this expansion, I think just leaves yeah. it. Very scarce. I don't, I don't see a big opportunity for them, to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, let's lead into this conversation. Parks, I know you're the G5 guy. You, along with all of us, this is what you really like to watch. And you were a big advocate for Coastal in their COVID year when they were playing really good football. You know, what's next for the G5? How do you see it? What's going to happen? I want you to kind of lead this discussion because I think this is something that you had fired up three years ago when Coastal was in a conversation. Yeah, conference realignment, as I mentioned earlier, is just – in, in all honesty, it's going gonna, it's gonna to screw them over. It, it's, it's making it worse and worse and worse. Unless the Pac-12 disbands and they add some of the lower players in the Pac-12 to these group of five conferences, I don't know how much longer they're going to last. I can't see any of the teams left right now in the way that they are competing in that conversation. Like Houston was one team that you consistently knew was good. UCF obviously had their undefeated season, went and beat Auburn, and now they're a player, right? They're, they are an advocate for those group of five teams to be in the conversation. 
Cincy got in, played, played decently well, ended up getting beat kind of handily, but they were competitive. Those teams, you just eliminated all of them at once. Not to mention BYU, who had top players in the country constantly on you know the yep. 7 p.m. ESPN slot. They're gone. Now, are we really going to put um, a UAB team with 32,000 people in the crowd on, on in that slot? Like, can they, can they honestly replace that? 32,000 is pretty generous for a UAB game. I think he was thinking 3,200. <laughs> no, it's more than that. It's more than that. Some, yeah. Look it up. No, look it up. Right. I, they have look it up. And it's a UAB. Well, they just There's hired no Trent Dilfer. Oh, you remember Dilfer is a head coach of the UAB now. UAB oh, yeah. much bigger than ULM on row or ULM. Like we, we went to that scene. They didn't hold 32,000 right. people. That one probably. I don't, I don't yeah. You're, I think that one's probably 20,000. Nice La Tech didn't even hold 32,000 people. Uh, my I'm looking question it up. With, with the G5s is how many more, you know, James Madison's, Sam Houston's, uh, Jacksonville, how many more FCS teams can you really pull? To keep these schools alive, forty-seven thousand. No way. Was the last time? Was the last time they got thirty? Was the last time they got twenty thousand there? I'm sure they were good last year. We're forgetting that this wasn't a football team like seven years ago. Yeah, so. that's a fact. They did all-time, not. That was all-time, all-time YouTube video. All-time YouTube clip. The kicker, looking, blood, sweat, and tears. Looking at the G5, do you think? this needs to become its own subdivision. Does this need to become a bump above the FCS? Does it get absorbed in the F- FCS? Like, what would you like to see? Do they build something like the FCS, but you know what I was thinking? their own playoff, their own rankings? How, how do you see it? Like, what I, like, should they I, like, I like a playoff idea, but honestly, watching TV yesterday with the, the, the dumb NBA in-season tournament, it kind of got me thinking about something like that for the G5. Like, what if how they played – they play maybe 10 games, um, and then the last two games they play a part of some tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, they can still – I don't. It, this is all me just off the top of my head. They can still – if they have a playoff contender, they can still somehow you know play in that bowl game or maybe play in a New Year's mm-hmm. Six Bowl. Um, but like somehow maybe the, like the last two games cross it with like the MAC and the Sun Belt play each other. Or, I don't know. I'm not sure how you do it. Um, no. I think, I think it's asking a it's lot. Tough because it's like you're oh, you're trying to want to be the power five. You're trying to want to be those guys yeah. instead of just actually being them and like trying and playing with them. My biggest worry with this is like a lot of these programs play those buy games, right? And they are getting funding through these bigger schools when they're going and traveling to them. Now that if you're having conferences get bigger, the power fives are getting larger. You're getting less and less G five schools or ones who seem to be of the quality that we're used to in the G five, right? If you're not funding the, funding those programs, do they 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 might have to drop to FCS. They're not going to be able to fund it as well if you're not playing these buy games anymore. Because now, theoretically, if the Pac-12 were to disband and they're in a weird spot, I don't know how we're still going on without them having a TV deal. But it, that's a whole conversation. But if they were to disband, you have your directional schools, your Utah, your Arizona, your Arizona State. Are they going? They're probably going to go to a Power Five, whether that's the Big Ten, the Big Twelve, or whatever right and so the rest of the schools that may not make that transition you kind of look at and if there's more schools in these big conferences and now there's only big four there's only a power four they're going to play these group of five teams less like they'll they'll probably add an extra conference game or they'll 
make sure that they play more games in conference or against the other power fives and not the G fives. And so like you either have to adapt in some way, whether that is picking up some of those schools after a conference disbands, or you need to make your own brand around itself. I think, I think they have to build into it. No. Well, let, let me or ask you just about to say something. What's, what's your guys' opinion? Can I ask, what do you think has hurt the group of five more in the last three years? Would it be the new conference realignment and all these teams forming super conferences or would it be the transfer portal and like them losing their guys year after year to power five schools? It's I think it's realignment. I would say realignment. Ooh, the transfer portal's tough. Yeah. The transfer I mean, portal but has you're, been but you're also, but like you're also getting guys portal, to come to you though. You're losing your product on the field. I think personally for me, I would pick the transfer portal. I mean, just looking at like Kent state's a good example. Eight of their top guys all went to another power five school. Now, sometimes you get the trickle down effect. You get some leftovers of those guys who maybe mm-hmm. didn't cut it out for, but Shout go out and look at two, four, seven. go and look at like two, four, seven and look at these max schools. It's mm-hmm. just not, you're not usually getting those type of guys. It's the latter yeah. half. It's guys transferring up. Otherwise guys might stick around. They might even drop down to like division two level. It's, you don't see a lot of trickle down effect from like the power five schools. Mm-hmm getting into the group of five. Yeah. And my whole thought with the realignment hurting more is people are start worrying about the, they're already worried about the power five. That is what college football is to the casual fan and the non-casual who's not quite a diehard. That's all that matters. They don't follow Toledo versus Miami, Ohio on a Wednesday night. Like we do, they don't turn on coastal and Appalachian state because they don't think those are names. Now we know those are incredible games. The Sun Belt's been a good conference the last couple of years, and those are two programs who really shot up when they got into the F- FBS level. But if you start to go down the list and look at if you had votes from people, they would tell you, well, why would I watch that? Like, I, I want to watch these games on Saturday or these games on a Thursday night with the Big 12. They don't want to watch the other stuff. So I think the realignment has kind of made them take a back seat. And, and the only thing take coming, you know, to the forefront would be these teams entering the Big 12 or having the opportunity to maybe get into the Pac-12 like San Diego State's trying to do. Otherwise, they don't care anymore. Like they're not going to be shoved down their face. Like if you turned on Thursday night and in our group chat, we would be like, "Hey, I don't know if you know this or not, or Coastal plays app or Coastal's hosting BYU like they did the one year." That fires us up. That doesn't move the needle for normal people. But you know what does move it for casual fans um, that I think has been a good thing the last couple of years is honestly more states being able to sports bet. I mean, yeah. it, to be honest with you, that's what gets you these casual guys to watch these games. And sometimes, point, I'm going to be honest, that gets it for me sometimes. I mean, it's you got to have some sheer fiery passion to watch four-win Tulsa host three-win UAB on a Thursday night without having a little bit of scratch on the spread or the over or whatever it may be. So I think that is going to help keep continuing to allow sports betting throughout the United States is going to help. But I don't know. Yeah. I'd ask, I'd throw it back to you guys. What do you, if you're a commissioner parks, I don't know, parks or Reese, if you're a commissioner of say conference USA, who's just diluted down, just it's, really, they have not been able to add. Well, what, what are you doing? What's something you're throwing up to, try to get people to watch or people in the stands. Tell me I'm crazy. I've been just brewing over here. When, when conferences are losing teams and they're dropping like, like Pac, the PAC 12 lost its two biggest players by far in a way outside of Oregon. Right. 
replace those with these group of five schools so, like Cincy, Houston, UCF, and then create the other division. Obviously, there's other things that go into it. Enrollment, payroll, things like that. Um, take a coastal, because there's no way, especially with movement last year, look at James Madison. That was a good football team last year that did not have a chance to play in a bowl game, right? Or you cannot send them back down. Right. And you cannot send them back down to a new level that you create for a group of five teams. So that like teams like James Madison, Coastal, um, would have to go to then a Pac-12. Like those teams would have to stay up. And I don't want to hear that. Almost like a like a relegation type. You're, you're they, 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 they would leave. have to. Like they, you can't rip. You can't wrap up Coastal and James Madison with Louisiana Lafayette and shittier group of five teams. Take them down. Pull them into the Pac-12, keep good football teams with good football teams, and then separate the levels. Because am I, am I you're going to lose good You're thinking we grab the cream of the crap, your top, let's say, 10%, yeah. or in 12, an extra 14 teams, and we put these G5 schools who are reputable and known, we throw them into a conference, right? And then you take maybe your Louisiana Monroe. I love – we're a Warhawk podcast around here. But you take mm-hmm. your Louisiana Monroe. You take your – rice and you go you guys have probably been demoted like there's nowhere for you to go either be an independent and maybe get on the schedule with these teams or you go play fcs football is that kind of what you're thinking yes okay yes because we can't lose the top talent because there you can i will not hear the argument that the coastal team in 2020 or even the james madison team from 2022 is way worse or significantly worse to where they can't be considered a power five team than Boston College at their worst or the, the, the bottom tier ACC schools. Like those teams are not that much you, worse. You won't, what, hear, you won't hear a big argument from me on that. I feel like so they you're, are You're saying similar. five years down the road, we have like eight, eight, conf- eight solid conferences. You got your big three, whatever that'll form. And then you got your kind of, let's call them the average five. And then the rest of them, <laughs> hey, see ya, you're going back to, you're going back to <laughs> mid, mid, mid five. Mid. I mid. think the Big 12 will probably be a part of that if they don't make moves. So we could The Mid-12? Yeah, I'd say an average five is usually what I get called when I go to the bar. Just, <laughs> <laughs> That's well, on a good day. Put that on a t-shirt. Unless we're down south. Then we're eight. Uh, Midwest, honestly, and be like living in Sioux Falls and seeing like FCS fans and like being in this area, you could get a lot better ratings probably with Missouri Valley football than – Especially, I mean, at least in attendance, then you couldn't, let's say, a MAC. The MAC right yeah. now, ironically, hasn't changed. Like, they still have all the same members throughout all of this, which is nuts. Um, but as far as attendance and ratings, it's just, it doesn't compare to like North Dakota State, South Dakota State. Or I know that's the, the cream of the crop at, the, at that level, but, but that, it, but those a lot are schools passion. you would thought would have already been picked up by somebody. Like, you can kind of see them being a Mountain West school, no? But what would you – is it a money – or why would – they would want to be the best in this, you know? You're getting more money out of a North Dakota State, you know, athletic program than you think you are. Like, what is what is the Mountain West really going to get out of going and grabbing, like, if they were to grab Rice? Rice but you also got to figure – I mean, think about – you're a college baseball guy, Jordan. Say South Dakota State wants to join the Mountain West. Okay, that's great for football. Basketball, mm-hmm. I, I'm being a college basketball guy, South Dakota State, they might hold their own in the bottom tier of the Mountain West. You, you can't look at me confidently and say baseball is in the forefront of these thoughts when there's three lines. I'm just saying, it's not even maybe they're doing that because South Dakota State's really good at a lot of sports. They're trying to probably continue to be that. I don't think they're prioritizing mm-hmm. football as much as 
another school might. But you might have to. You might have to adapt and do that. Like, I feel like you'll you have to adapt with it. Like North Dakota State has good programs in all their sports. That would be not a bad one to grab and put into this conference that we're talking about. Like after all the dust settles and your big schools are where they're at, whether that's with the Pac-12, people have kind of started to make the Power Three or whatever, and we combine, you know, these schools who aren't quite you know, bad enough to be dropped, but they're not good enough to be somewhere else. Why would you not grab them? Yeah. All, you know what I'm thinking is like all my life, I would want to watch a power five team, go to the Fargo dome and play NDSU that I would love to watch that. Let's make it a Who's bowl signing game. up for that shit. Nobody's that. Let's make, it a, let's make it a bowl game. Winner <laughs> plays NDSU in the Fargo. The Bison game. bowl. The Bison bowl. <laughs> let's not forget that like 50% of programs out there fund every other team through their football profits. So, like, yeah. you, if you don't get into the right conference, you're going to see teams leak out like Iowa State, yeah. Colorado, Wisconsin having baseball where they can't have a program because they didn't make the funding from football. That's a, that's a great point, Parks, because I wanted to talk about that, kind of where, you know, they want to make money on these games. Let me list off, I think I got six down here. These okay. Power 5 schools traveling to Group of 5 games this year. These are interesting. I don't know if, how many you know. First one, San Jose State is hosting Oregon State the week uh, on week one after they play you at USC. They're hosting USC. Oregon State in their new stadium. Uh, Wyoming is hosting Texas Tech week one. That's They're badass. Actually, I'm, I'm actually in love with the week one schedule now. That's, yeah. that's right. uh, the week three, I believe, you got the big one. I mean, this is going to be a huge one when it comes across. You got Ole Miss going to Tulane. I yep. mean, Tulane's kind of, if you want to say there's a contender for the playoff, Probably the team you're going to go with. I, yeah, dude, whatever. nobody really in the G5. No, I, I know. Like, oh, yeah, no, my you have one. If you're going to pick yeah. one, that's probably up there. Wait, so they want to see how that. Somebody this. Reed said no way. If there's a team in contention there's in October, no G- he loses. No, I'm saying there's no way a G5 team makes it. It's going to be a Big Ten and SEC playoff title playoff this year. That's what it's going to be. I'm just maybe maybe an ACC. I, a couple more. Iowa State. We're going to Athens playing at Ohio. Just. Absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, but you guys have done that before. Yeah, but we've gone to like Vegas. That's fun. This is Athens no, but you you I know like back when we were terrible, we would go to Toledo. But we're not we're not a joke anymore. Anyways, (laughs) Wake Forest is playing at Old Dominion. Old Dominion beat Vatek when they went there last year, if you remember Mm -hmm. right. And then Alabama is going to South Florida at Raymond James Stadium in Tampa this year. Look it up. That would have been that would have been super cool in '08. Is hosting Alabama. <laughs> Bring South back the 08. Honor them. Whatever you got. I don't know what Bama's over is in that game, but take it. But take it. I don't know. I don't know if they can score a thousand, but they might. Is they that might. USF team in 08 a favorite in that game? No. Shoot, man. I don't know. I don't know. You're they ended, USF up, with, they ended up losing two. like three games, three or four games. Yeah, but they, they were ranked in the top two. Yeah, but they they were like six and zero, oh, and they dropped like three straight after that. They weren't that good. Knowing Alabama, that's also Alabama. like probably week eleven. We're, no, we're it's actually I think that one's like uh, week three or something. Um, but yeah, thought thought all those those teams traveling, you don't usually see it anymore. So hey, thought those were hey super guys. interesting. What? Uh, two thousand seven. This is the year the USF was solid, right? That's what year we're talking about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Alabama went seven and six. See. But they had five wins vacated, and so that—I mean—you can't tell me that was a good Alabama team. <laughs> Saban's first year was that the year they lost to UL Monroe. 
they lost a couple of G5 games. I think they lost the Saban Euro Saban's first year. I'm sorry. Mark it I down. Thought Have a I thought sense. you were talking about this year's Alabama team playing the 08 oh, South no. Florida team. Even then. Mark it down this year. 23 Bama, 23 USF. USF to the woodshed. USF taking them to the woodshed. That would be Who's playing quarterback for Alabama? Who's playing? Is Tyler Buckner? Nope. Milrow. That's going to be a large No, Tyler Buckner. Well, I think there's another kid, too. Yeah, that's true. They have three quarterbacks in contention right now down in Tuscaloosa. Uh, Any other thoughts on the G5 and what's next and what you think might be a good solution to this? I think we've touched on a lot of different ideas. I think what we need to do here is we make the conference, we pick who comes in it, we demote the rest, and then we send that to the NCAA and say this has to happen. We just use our powers and say this is it. You're going to see the G5 almost be like the XFL or the USFL. I think they're going to try to go out of the box with some of these ideas just God, to stay relevant. Um, but that's kind of the way I, I'm really seeing this is heading, to be honest with you. I hope not. I, I think Jake. they'll find their way and do the FCS or they'll make their own playoff. Maybe they stay FBS, but they have their own playoff. Relegation One 30-minute thir- quarter, winner take all, all two-point conversions. I'd watch. <laughs> We're getting Flat, a little wide here. Bottom five of all Power Five teams go down to G five. All G five champions move up. Yeah. Relegation. Relegation style. Ad's the sign move off them on up. that. You guys want to play? You guys want to play with the best? You guys start winning. That'd be insane, actually. Oh, I can tell you, Rutgers would not be in the Big Twelve st- or the Big Ten still. Good. They, they don't need to be there. Ago. Relegation. Maryland probably wouldn't be either Vanderbilt. if it's all based on football. Only dead last. Dead last. If there's a tie, they gotta you gotta go with stats or something like that. The dead last team of each conference. A relegation game? Trouble this year. Yeah. That'd be sweet. Exactly. Who wants to stay in the conference and make money? (laughs) You want seventy five million this year? You better not get last. You guys want a scholarship you want that scholarship money? Let's go let's go beat the shadow Rutgers here tonight. Toledo's coming for Northwestern Northwestern (laughs) better find a way to win in America this year. Pick up some wins. With recent news, Schaefer, I don't know if that's a threat. <laughs> All right. Any last closing thoughts on our first episode of Play the Fight Song? I think we have, we're trying to find a little footing on social media and everything else. Any other closing thoughts uh, from the fellas? I think Reese has an awesome idea here for the end of the pod. Um, Reese, do you want to kind of explain it to everybody who's listening? I know we kind of talked about it within the group, um, and we'll decide what song that is here. But, Reese, do you want to give them your idea? Whoa, whoa. Yeah, Schaefer, you want to not do that? Sorry, Jeez, us on our, I was God. trying to get us on our TikTok. Go follow us on kids, our TikTok here. Kids first pod. Schaefer, Schaefer is making some uh, heat on the, with the yeah. videos on the TikTok. Wizard. Make sure you're going there. Pay attention to those. Facebook, Twitter, hey, Reece, Instagram, uh, all that stuff. What? Parks and Schaefer are the talent in this podcast. The ability to create shit, do some cool stuff. We're just the looks. Yeah, I just like, talk. Like, we just I just try to say some funny shit every now and then. Yeah. Keep everybody entertained. That's what I do. And yeah, learn about the, the sport. talent, where the looks. That's how it works. But yeah, go yeah. ahead. Uh, the only random idea I had, Schaefer, did we mention it to you yet? But uh, at the end of every episode, we're just going to play a random fight song because we are the Play the Fight Song pod. We're going to play that. an actual college fight song. And see, yeah, every listener's got to stick around till the end. If you, only idea I have off the top of my head right now is if, listen, if you can figure out which one it is, tweet it at us, whatever you can do for social media. Um, at us, and then if you get it right, we'll give you a shout out at the beginning of the pod next week. Um, as we progress, maybe we can figure something else out what we can do. But it's we can do cooler shit when you guys start yeah. doing it. 
Yeah. Just you well, guys, we'll pick up it, advertisers, advertisers yeah. out there. Yeah. Pick it up. We'll it's just some free gear. Just, yeah. just a quick little idea. Stick around at the end, and it's also going to help a kid like me who doesn't know much college football who's learning. Awesome. Listen around to them. Like I can learn some schools, and here we go. Then just become a part of the group. Become a part of the boys. You can kick back. So I'm going to look forward to the end of the episode. And if you want to hear your name on the podcast because you like listen to us so much, you want to hear JP or Schaefer or Camden say your voice, you can do it right there. You can even request you want to say your voice. You never know. I'll say it like really slow and like, you know, I'll get it. I might it to say you. it in Spanish if you ask politely enough. <laughs> I don't think it changes, but I like it. Might not. I don't know what it means, but it's funny. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you everybody for tuning into the pilot or first episode of Play the Fight Song. We're going to do this weekly. We're. We're rolling now. We are into the previews. We'll start doing the previews here next week. And all closing thoughts. Hey, fellas, play it. (laughs) 